What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Joining us now for our friend from Fox 31, Aaron Anderson. That's uh, Anderson, S-E-N, Aaron Anderson on Twitter. And uh, Aaron, going all over the uh, the country following the, the, the Nuggets, crisscrossing everywhere on that tremendous championship run. Thank you for joining us, uh, Aaron. Uh, let, let's just, because we haven't had a chance to talk to you about it. Just sort of your your feelings and your experiences now following the Nuggets on this sort of remarkable uh, voyage to, to a, a spot that at least a few years ago would have seemed unconscionable. Wow. I, where do you begin with this team, right? I, I think uh, you have to start maybe with the Cronky management group uh, giving Michael Malone uh, a long leash and some patience. You know, this is a guy who came from Sacramento. He was fired 24 games into his second season after having a successful first year there. Uh, you know, they cut the cord, new ownership, and I actually called uh, the play-by-play guy at the time, Grant Napier, just to see what the Nuggets were getting when they hired him. He said, man, you're getting a winner. And uh, those were prophetic words. It's been fun to watch this team build incrementally. I know there were some steps along the way where you felt like, oh, I don't know if they're going anywhere, but it's the pieces fell into place. You just had the feeling as this season began that this was going to be a formidable group. The question certainly was, uh, would uh, Jamal Murray's knee hold up? Would he, you know, regain his, his form that we saw in, in that bubble years ago? And the answer was a resounding yes. I thought this was a lot of fun, a really interesting group to cover. And, you know, Michael Malone has said it a million times, it's amazing what happens when no one is worried about who gets the credit. And that's really one of the statements I'll remember most about this team is it was a collection of guys who really bought into the process of winning basketball games, and it yielded the first championship in franchise history. What a great run it was. You know, I actually used a line last night on the 10 o'clock show from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, life moves pretty fast, right? A week ago, Aaron Gordon was probably still stumbling the streets of Denver <laughs> wearing his, his game shorts and sneakers uh, while – Nuggets Nation was still trying to wrap their minds around the fact that their team was the NBA champion. How far we've come as we get ready now uh, for the NBA draft Thursday. And, of course, there's a huge deadline coming up tomorrow, which involves Bruce Brown, who may opt out and uh, seek greener pastures. Well, we've seen it uh, break uh, both ways in in recent days. Uh, We've seen some guys who want to come back, but we've also probably seen more guys uh, who are opting out, but I want to go back to what you were talking about over the last minute or so. Mm-hmm. And I think of two words, selflessness and stability. And, and, and you sort of referenced both in talking about this team, Aaron, and I'm looking at the Western conference and I don't see a lot of selflessness and I don't see a lot of stability. I see it in Denver and maybe in Sacramento 
I'm looking at the other so-called contenders in the West. Phoenix, unstable. Mm. Memphis, unstable. Lakers, unstable. Clippers, unstable. New Orleans, with all the Zion talk, unstable. Minnesota, unstable. Golden State, unstable. And then when you get back to Oklahoma City, Dallas, Utah, San Antonio, Portland, and Houston, teams just aren't good enough. Uh, Those are rebuilding situations in the main. Um, And rebuilding often involves instability. And I, I just look at the Nuggets, and I know we get ahead of ourselves when we talk about their chances of doing this again, maybe even next year. But it's hard to find any reason to put up multiple teams against them, whether it's the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference, for that matter. No, that, that's a great point. Gosh, with, with all five starters back, Christian Brown, we're going to find out soon what, where Bruce Brown chooses to go. My hunch is going to be that he will opt out and see what's out there, and I think there's a very good possibility he returns. Let's say he does. You have seven of the eight-man rotation Michael Malone employed throughout the playoffs that lifted the Larry O'Brien trophy. And you know, that's one of the beauties of this draft is Calvin Booth doesn't need necessarily to hit a home run in the draft in terms of, of landing someone who's going to be a huge contributor next year. But as we've seen with the trade that occurred uh, during the finals with Oklahoma City, he realizes that this is their window, and I think he's going to put all his efforts into making sure that window stays open for as long as possible. And as you alluded, Sandy, geez, we've, we've seen Phoenix grab Bradley Beal, which in, just from my perspective, the, the biggest thing lacking with that team in the second round was defense. I mean, I think the best defensive play might have been Matt Ishbia, the owner, trying to keep the ball from Nikola Jokic. That, that's about all they could muster in that playoff series. So when you think about them adding another guard, I don't think they're going to be a factor. We don't know what L.A. may do. Draymond Green may end up there. And as Steve Kerr said, he doesn't think they're a contender without him. So he has eliminated, he, he, you've eliminated Golden State. I think the team, the, the team that's going to be fascinating is the Kings. I, I thought that they really yes. came into oh, their yes. own next year. Sure, that, and they, and they aren't being rebuilt. Um, they're very stable. Yeah, and but, uh, they probably should have beaten Golden State this year, but they probably didn't quite think they could. Yeah, well, they're still kind of learning the ropes, having not been in the postseason since, when was it, 06 or some god-awful yes, year well, like that, that's 17 right. years. That's right, you're right. So, you know, the bottom line, I think, is as you look on the landscape here, certainly in the Western Conference, there's not a lot of teams at this point that can compete. And, you know, this is a Nuggets team, as you alluded that plays a selfish brand of basketball, a fun style. And I got to believe if Bruce Brown chooses to play elsewhere, there may be other veterans that say, hey, I'm willing to take a little bit less money for a chance to play for a ring. Kind of that Peyton Manning formula, right, where we saw Aqib Tlaib and the DeMarcus Wares and, and those guys hop on board when they saw what, what the Broncos had cooking. I think the same thing may, may take place with the Denver Nuggets. You may see a bigger name take a shot at less money because – he will realize he has a chance to win multiple rings with a team that has the foundation to really be a contender for years to come. Yeah, I think that's an interesting part of it, too, the idea that, uh, yes, that the Nuggets all of a sudden become a destination, and even more so now, given the more restrictive CBA and the, the nature of uh, having the best player in the world on the team and one that is so profoundly unselfish, I think matters 
quite a bit. And I, I think when you look at the talent on the team, but uh, also you, you alluded to at the beginning, Aaron, the this culture of the Nuggets, the the unselfishness you don't have after shipping Bones Highland out, uh, of which the Nuggets tolerance was zero, zero uh, whatsoever. Uh, a talented young player uh, gone. Uh, this is a, a team that you don't hear guys complaining about a lack of minutes. You don't hear guys complaining about how it works. You have Michael Porter Jr. reportedly telling Michael Malone during the playoffs, if you feel that Bruce Brown finishing the game on the floor is better than me, that's fine. I want to win basketball games. And if he games. said that, Malone certainly took him up on that offer, witnessed the final minutes. <laughs> he did, but you know season. what? Uh, Michael Porter Jr. gets a ring as well as everybody else. And right. so this, the stated objective is there. Uh, this is somewhat unusual, and you have – you have built, managed to build not only an immensely talented team that complements its stars, but a team that actually seems to have taken on the personality of Jokic and the fact that it is simply put uh, less about stats, more about winning, and more about understanding that you do it together. And there is, I mean, it's as close to a team in Denver where you've heard that, you know, it's, it's we instead of me. This Nuggets team is as close as I've seen. And the only ones I can think of that are even close to that uh, was maybe that second. Uh, Avalanche championship team with Ray Bork and the Stanley Cup, but I think this Nuggets team, quite frankly, even surpasses that. I've never seen a title team with uh, fewer agendas on the roster than this one. Uh, great point, and I think what you you really hit on the head is culture, and, and they've got a great one. There's been comparisons made between this team and in that dynasty that Greg Popovich built years ago in San Antonio, where where you had an unselfish star and Tim Duncan. Uh, whose game is a lot like Nikola Jokic's. Um, look, I, I think it's just fascinating to, to hear the national media members. It was Chris Mannix, I believe, with Sports Illustrated that basically said, well, you know, they're not interesting. There's no locker room drama. There's no big name who wants out. There's nobody dating a Kardashian. But the bottom line is you've got a team that has bought in. And, you know, the, the fact that, you know, the national media has – by and large, has chosen not to pay attention to him. I don't think anyone in that locker room cares. You know, I, I think the fan base certainly uh, was upset about it. But, you know, you've got a group that is interested in one thing, and that is collecting championship rings and, and raising banners. And, boy, when you've got that mentality, if you're Michael Malone, you, you've got to just be smiling every second of the day because you know you have a team that's hungry, a team that's listening, and a team that, that really gets it. And, um, yeah, Bones Highland – what a great example that is. You had a young star who, who had a chance to really cement his, his place here to be a, an integral part of this team and finds himself playing for the Clippers, and who knows where he may end up next year. Message sent. If, if you're not going to buy in, you're going to be playing basketball elsewhere. But if you do buy in, it's going to be a great ride, and the championships certainly are going to be a possibility for years to come. They, they just had zero tolerance for nonsense this year. I, I think by the time – Highland walked off the bench uh, during the game in yep. late January. They were firmly in first place in the Western Conference. Uh, it, it seemed nothing short of a almost unimaginable array of injuries would stop them from winning the conference for the first time, and, and they just weren't going to put up with any kind of nonsense. Maybe in the past they would have been a little more tolerant and tried to work uh, with with Highland, who may or may not have had a legitimate beef. I, I've kind of chuckled since because he was playing 19 minutes a game, and I understand he felt he should have been playing more than that. But uh, Christian Brown never played until 
really <laughs> until the last game of the season uh, when he played <laughs> when he played all those minutes. Uh, he never came close to playing 19 minutes per game, and he never said boo about it. So if the Nuggets had the choice this year between Christian Brown and Bones Highland, they probably chose certainly the less offensively gifted player, but certainly the better defensive player and the better team guy. And no, so I, I think that's what it, it came down to in a lot of these instances. And any team with Jokic, before we uh, give people the idea that uh, the Nuggets really didn't have star power, they for three years now they've had the best player in the world. You should be able to get a championship out of that. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the great thing about this team is you had people find roles and they were impactful when they made an op- when they had an opportunity to play. And, and Christian Brown certainly was that guy. There were defense, defensive uh, issues with him as we go back to game four, or excuse me, that game two that they lost at home to the Heat where he was lost a couple times. But just the energy and the passion he had coming off the bench, it, you know, it's just such a, a fun team to watch. And as we look forward – to next year with that nucleus coming back, I, I just think we're going to see them build. That that supporting cast is going to be better, um, knowing exactly you know how they fit in, how they may fit in, and how they can complement Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. I, I'm really curious. You know, I, I think that the one player who just continues to be a question mark for me is Michael Porter Jr. And I think anybody out there who says I wasn't cringing watching him shoot the basketball over the final you know three games of that series is lying. I'm I'm hoping that he makes a step this year, and I'm I'm guessing that Calvin Booth and the Nugget staff is as well, based on the amount of money they're paying him. But look, if if he can step up and and, and start to be a lot more consistent, I, I just think this is going to be a great brand of basketball for years to come. And um, I don't know about you, I'm I'm getting used to having parades. You know, that was one of the most in terms of parades. That's probably the most fun I've had. It was great to see some of those people, some of those coaches let their hair down. Michael Malone, chief among them, and. Uh, We'll see if we don't have more parades here to come. Well, there's certainly been a few uh, recent to compare, uh, which has been pretty nice uh, for Denver. And uh, I, I guess let's take a peek at, at what they can do. You know, we'll find out with Bruce Brown. I, I, I agree with you. I think we'll find that out re- relatively soon. And I think there's a, maybe a better than 50-50 chance that the Nuggets find a way to get him to stay. But if they yeah. don't, the idea of replacing him, they do have a couple second-round picks in this draft. Calvin Booth has the luxury to maybe move up into the latter part of the first because the first-round picks don't necessarily, in the, in the late picks, have as much appeal as they used to given the fact that the longer contract has actually become a detriment for other teams. But they have, a, yeah. they have an opportunity now, since you don't need to go get someone who will be a star, you don't even need to get someone who will be a big-time contributor, the Nuggets, especially with Booth's adjustment of the roster this year, clearly can just say, we want we are looking for a player who can give us X number of minutes doing this precise thing. And that gives them a lot more flexibility in the draft to be able to maybe find that kind of player because the objective right now isn't find another Nikola Jokic. It's keep the window that Nikola Jokic has opened open. Yeah. And, you know, one of the names, it's funny, I've, I've just been kind of surfing online some of the available players. Alec Burks is going to be available, the former CU buff. And, and there's another guy, Austin Rivers, who was here a couple of years ago. I think, you know, as we start to look at free agency, you're certainly going to want to add some veteran leadership. Um, I'm going to be fascinated to see where they go with the draft. I think, obviously, the needs would be uh, a backup point guard, depending on which way uh, Bruce Brown decides to go. And you're going to need somebody uh, inside. You're going to need some bigs 
behind Nikola Jokic. And, you know, I'm, I still, I, I'm wondering if, because they, they just made the move, which, which is kind of unprecedented to, to make a trade during the finals with Oklahoma City to, to gather up some draft picks, if that won't be the focus, that they'll hop back into that first round, grab a big that they can count on and they can cultivate um, to, to, to be behind Nikola Jokic for some time to come. I think the beauty of this team is it, it, so much of it was organic. I mean, you, you certainly look at uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Bruce Brown, and, and certainly Aaron Gordon, but the bulk of that roster were, were guys that they drafted and cultivated. And, you know, I think that's the beauty of this, this team, this franchise, is their ability to um, find talent in the draft and put it to work. And, um, you know, Calvin Booth, I'm not sure that anyone would have, when he was elevated to general manager, would have thought that he would, you know, make such uh, incredible moves in the offseason. But, but that's what we saw last year as he started to put pieces in place for Michael Malone to work with. And I'm really going to be interested to see which way he goes in this draft. I know they brought in a point guard today. He was out of Wake Forest. Uh, Tyree Appleby led the ACC in scoring also in assists last year. I mean, look, I like the ACC, assist part. I, I love that. Too. They don't need and scoring, but they do need playmaking at the guard no, position. But, no, I absolutely agree with that. But within the confines of this offense, as we've seen during the season, if there's you know, going to be uh, rest days for Jokic or Murray or whoever, you're going to need someone to come off the bench and produce. But, you know, the bottom line is I, I, I think Calvin Booth has shown himself to be a, a very uh, capable general manager, and uh, I really have faith in him to find a couple pieces in this draft that can help this team moving forward. We will find out uh, this week, of course. And, he, uh, I, mean, yeah, I just to go throw ahead. this in. If yeah, you want to yeah. go the Kansas-UCLA route again, uh, there's yeah. a forward from Kansas who's coming out this year, and there's a forward from UCLA who's coming out this year to join Christian Brown and Peyton Watson. So, it, you know, just think. I, there's no way they'll be there at 37 and 40. One might no. be. Both won't. <laughs> they won't be able to take one at 37, one at 40. But if they wanted to go the Kansas-UCLA route, I guess it's in the universe of possibilities. Uh, or you can just, you know, try the Christian Brown route again and grab somebody off at of UConn. <laughs> you can you see get a, uh, well, have it go back have somebody nice else go back, back to back there yeah, see if they can do it again somebody there from UConn too so uh, we, we will find we'll out see. in just a couple of days of course he is Arn Anderson make sure you give him a follow Arn is A-R-R-A-N and Anderson finishes with S-E-N Arn Anderson from Fox 31 in Denver uh, good to catch up with you nice to have you back in town and uh, you're right what a ride the, the Nuggets uh, window feels like it is actually wide open because as you immediately pointed out at worst even if Bruce Brown were to depart, you're still talking about all of your starters and even uh, significant players at the bench continuing to return. The Nuggets are in terrific shape. Thanks for talking about all of it with us, Arn. Hey, really enjoyed the conversation, guys. Uh, I hope to, to chat with you again sometime very soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks again. Okay, guys. Have a great afternoon. All right, thanks, Arn. Racking up those uh, frequent flyer miles, by the way, oh. during the uh, during the run, uh, of course. For I the like Nuggets. the idea of Burks coming back. Uh, Rivers gets a thumbs. Oh yeah, I, I saw you. Uh, I saw yeah, you yeah. like visibly. No, no, uh, no, no, no. That's the last guy they need. Uh, that it, that was addition by subtraction. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, bring the bring the little kid back. Uh, Michael Malone. Uh, by the way, if you thought some of it was uh, was a bluff. Um, from the Triple W, I'll give him a spot there, but Michael Malone with a tattoo on his shoulder 
of the uh, today of Maxi the Miner, a permanent one. He went he went in on it. Uh, the famous Maxi the Miner logo in place of the pickaxe. He's holding the Larry O'Brien trophy. Michael Malone gets that on the shoulder as the uh, as the man is all in with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and they continue to celebrate. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. We have Bruce Brown's situation. You have the draft. And you have free agency. All within the next 10 days. What should we be looking for? We'll talk about it next on Miley Sports. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Well, we understand uh, now, of course, the NBA draft is... Yes, I'm not kidding. It's Thursday. It uh, it, it comes at you real fast when uh, the team you're following ends up uh, making the run for the whole... uh, enchilada but the, the the Denver Nuggets heading into the draft have a, a lot of interesting options and I, I alluded to it a little bit with Aaron Anderson the idea first and foremost is you have needs but the needs are not necessarily hyper pressing but well, the no, one they, they're reserve players right that you're looking to add you're not looking to fill starting spots uh, you had in effect by the end of the year six starters anyway mm-hmm. including Bruce Brown how much of, uh, because the draft falls where it does, if you are the, the Nuggets, and at, at the moment, uh, the Nuggets find themselves, you know, with a, you know, with a, a, a late pick, they're, they're at the 40th right now, and uh, they find 37 and 40. 37 and 40 after their trade there with Oklahoma City. So uh, the opportunity to maybe move up into the late first is a possibility, possibility. depending on what, uh, what you'd like, but maybe that doesn't even matter. I mean, there, there's some luxuries there. What do you identify? I think you and I are on the same page, but what are you identifying as what the Nuggets do need, especially knowing that uh, the draft comes before free agency and you don't necessarily know Bruce Brown's status prior to the draft? Well, Aaron mentioned the guard from Wake Forest that they brought in and uh, how he led the ACC in scoring and assists and That sounds like an attractive possibility, and I've looked at a few mocks. Um, Listen, I'm not going to even pretend I have the expertise to guess uh, who they might take at 37 and 40, or who might be worth pursuing late in the first round. You know, uh, that's that's a fool's errand anyway. Uh, But uh, it, it, it is interesting that the, if you're looking for a reserve point guard, a pass first point guard, pure point guard. And I do think that's something in a that classical they, they sense. Need. They they need that and they may be able to draft that kind of player. Uh, maybe a less selfish Bones Highland type. Okay. Less interested in getting I, your I, own I think shot off. Basically, and... Highland fit the bill. He shot the three ball uh, well enough, mm-hmm. and could it 
provide instant offense coming off the bench in a way that I don't know that the Nuggets could replace, but I also don't know that they need that. They need a backup point who can make plays. They need a reserve center. I guess I'm assuming they've kind of given up on Thomas Bryant as being that guy. Uh, Again, there are possibilities in this draft that you could draft somebody on the second round who could fit that bill. Uh, I think I'm with you in guessing that the more pressing need would be uh, a pure point guard, which they really don't have. No, I mean, the backup point guard is Bruce Brown. In an era of positionless basketball, and when you've got the best passer in the league, as your seven-one starting setter, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm not sure you need that in your starting lineup, but you probably could use it in your rotation somewhere. Somewhere, uh, and, and it would on... fit in with the creed of uh, the of the team being uh, pass first. The nice thing the is, scoring is will take care of itself. Point guards, point guards, uh, in that sort of thirty to forty-five area. It's actually kind of one of the uh, little sort of veins of gold, if you will, in the draft that, that are that are there, sort of the, the pass-first guys. Whether you can look at someone out of Penn State like Jalen Pickett. Uh, sure. Podziemski He's a second round Out of Santa possibly. Clara. Yeah. Another early second round. Amari yeah. Bailey out of U- UCLA. Another guy that may be in that fit. Uh, Marcus Sasser out of Houston. Uh, Isaiah Wong out of Miami. These these are all guys that are likely to, to, to be there without trading up. When you talk about the bigger guys, you can look if, if you're. Uh, we know if you, like I joked about UConn, but Adama Sanogo, who played center right. there, now a little undersized at that six yeah. eight, but that may be okay for the for the span well, of time. But, they used to six eight. Aaron Gordon right. effectively is their backup and so center. That, that might yeah, work. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know about the championship pedigree there. Uh, if you want to go internationally, James Najee out of at Barcelona yeah. is considered a really yeah. interesting player. And then uh, you can actually go back to the well. At uh at Vucevic uh out of Serbia and yeah. now playing for Real Madrid, right. a seven foot tall center from uh Serbia that's twenty years old and uh and maybe there's fits there but I don't think there's necessarily a need for the the Nuggets to trade up now if there's somebody that that, that tumbles that they love I'm sure that Calvin Booth who added that additional pick uh, at thirty seven for that opportunity is great but you might be able to literally just pluck a pass first point guard and a bigger guy who can guard the paint a little bit for you here and there situationally. And you might be able to do that almost immediately. And one of the things that the Nuggets have to their advantage is you talk about a guy like these uh, guards like Pickett or Sasser or Wong. Well, they're all seniors, which nowadays in the draft is considered a negative, right? Because uh, now you're old and your upside is limited, blah, 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 blah. Well, for the Nuggets, that's actually what they want. That they want somebody who's had the experience who can walk in and immediately contribute eight to ten minutes because they've they've already played four years of college and they know what they're doing you know if you're if you're a uh run into those things like a, a marcus sasser at, at, at houston which was a top team that's been their starter for two years he's already 22 years old as a senior for some teams that's a negative for the nuggets that's the kind of stuff they want that they can plug in and use next year right off the bat and they'll be sitting right where the nuggets pick you know i'm looking at uh, the espn mock that came out today and i know they do all the picks but i was focused on the first round and I, honestly uh, uh scoot henderson is obviously a point guard uh, 
I'm, I'm looking down the list here, 1 through 20, and I'm not sure, to your point, that I see very much at that position, but there's quite a bit in that 30 to 45 area. Yeah, I mean, everyone's and the Nuggets for, are smack dab in the middle. They're going for wings four. right now. Everyone's after wing players. The, the Nuggets are okay there, especially if they get Brown back. They they just need, a, a, in other words, to fill in some of the spots. That Look, they made a trade for Thomas Bryant, and they obtained Reggie Jackson for reasons. Those were what Calvin Booth identified Absolutely. as their weak spots. Now, neither really worked out. But the fact that that's what they went for at the trade deadline tells you that that's what exactly what, the nuggets, for what they're the looking for now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's pretty clear. And I think adding that additional pick works because Booth has sort of read the room and realized these your, are the guys that are kind powers of powers of deduction remain unsurpassed. Well, it's not that's not rocket science, but I mean, obviously you get an idea of where they're going and it, it makes sense because the, the nuggets find themselves again. One of the reasons when you look at this opportunity to repeat for the nuggets, and why it ends up looking so potentially good because of uh, either aging or expensive super teams or teams that have young talent that are up and coming that just don't have enough young talent left. The Nuggets are neither one of those. And now they have an opportunity because everyone's looking to fill different spots to literally find a couple guys that you might be able to plug and play only because you're asking them to contribute minimum minutes on the course, uh, on the court, if any, quite frankly, during their rookie season. But that's sitting right there. The, the Nuggets, under Tim Connolly to an extent, and then he kind of got to Minnesota and immediately chucked that out of the way. But what Calvin Booth is doing and has done in his first offseason and his second offseason begins is uh, the, the lack of mixing the metaphors. He's moneyballing this thing. He's looking where, the, where everyone else is looking and looking for value where other players are not. Marcus Sasser, Houston was number one in the country for a good chunk of the, the, the season last year. Marcus Sasser was their starting point guard. But he's a senior, and he's probably going to be a second rounder. Ten years ago, that's not a second rounder. That's a lottery pick. But now, the way they're, everyone's going forward in the league, what the Nuggets need happens to be one of the things that you can get great value sure. in. And Booth seems sure. to be understanding that and playing that market to perfection thus far. And it wouldn't surprise me if he does it again on Thursday. In terms of getting in the first round, and again, I, I'm doing some supposing here, but do you realize the final five picks of the first round all belong to teams <laughs> yep. who traded for those mm-hmm. picks? Uh, Indiana from Cleveland, Charlotte from Denver, Utah from Philadelphia, Indiana from Boston, and the Clippers from Milwaukee. So the, the five top teams in the league all traded their late first round picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one time or another. And uh, and they also have an opportunity with the two of these picks. Don't be surprised if they do that. Uh, and they did that last year as well. If maybe one of the players they intend to bring to the Nuggets and one is a, a stash. One is that they grab somebody like a, like a Najee who's playing out in Real Madrid and just leave him there. Let, right. him, play, let right. him play out in Spain for a little bit and then, then see how that goes because that's something that the Nuggets have done before too and uh, has worked pretty well. You don't have to worry about the, the financial oh, He's got a familiar well. last name. Uh, he does. Yeah, he right. does. And... Uh, uh, th- there are options, and we'll we'll find out. I mean, it, and keep in mind, I I think the the it may be limited, but had Colin Gillespie not been hurt, I love Colin Gillespie. By the way, I I love where he's from. Uh, I saw him play a lot at Villanova, and he's 
Fewer systems translate to the NBA better than Nova's. Villanova-style player. Mm-hmm. He, he epitomizes everything that Villanova was about on their way to two championships. And another national champion, last right? year, uh, they played Kansas in the tournament, and I thought uh, he was terrific. They didn't have a great Villanova team, and Kansas beat him pretty soundly. Um, Jay Wright was coaching his last game. Jay Wright loves Gillespie, and if Colin Gillespie has the respect of Jay Wright, he's good enough for me. So I, I, I don't know if he's your pure point guard, but I think he's a valuable player, and I think he could have been part of their rotation this year had he not been injured. Now, I, I don't know if Michael Malone would have been comfortable playing two rookies as part uh, of his no. rotation. I can tell you, no. Coming <laughs> off the bench, uh, he was uncomfortable <laughs> enough playing one. Right. I, I don't know about two, but I'll tell you something. I I don't know if it'll happen here, but I think Colin Gillespie can play in the NBA. I'm not saying he can start. I'm not saying he can be a big star, but there is a place for him in the NBA. And when I look at the playoffs and I see so many teams – who are either selfish or unable to execute basic plays because they couldn't pass. Uh, I'd look at a guy like that, you know, this 3 and D stuff wears me out, but the D part of it especially has value, and Gillespie can defend. He's, he's not a runt. Right, right, yeah, that's absolutely true. And uh, he's he's a pretty good size guard. He's strong, and he knows the game. And if you want to get an idea of what Calvin Booth does, and you, you talk about a guy like Gillespie, I mean, well, it's very straightforward. Um, UCLA was been a pretty good program, right? Grab Peyton Watson, who who yeah. uh, had the lowest scoring average of any sure. first round pick in history. But that's not why they drafted him. Uh, it is not. But comes from UCLA, Christian Brown. Kansas. Yeah. Colin Gillespie. Nova. Uh, They also added on a two-way contract, Jack White. Jack White was a two-time captain at Duke. Calvin Booth values clearly, when he's talking about adding talent, values players who have played in top programs where you are competing with the other top programs because he wants guys who can handle the NBA game and the NBA lifestyle. They're top programs because they prioritize unselfishness and they punish selfishness. Those programs that you can't play in those programs. If you're selfish. So if you're thinking about hitting your average scoring or, um, to, uh, borrow a popular phrase over the last few months, stat padding, right. Uh, those programs aren't into that. Yeah. And neither are the Denver Nuggets. So, so maybe somebody, a guy like Adama Sonogo out of, out of UConn again, you know, a guy, se- I agree. senior top competitor, big body guys ready to step in and contribute at the NBA level. I mean, these are the kind of players the Nuggets could be after. And the bright side is they will be there more than likely. They will have some options during that draft. 
Uh, want to remind you, by the way, you can bring that big bet energy this summer with our friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting, and right now use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. That means win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter the promo code MILEHIGH and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We will uh, put the proverbial bow on this program as we take a look at the Denver Nuggets' chances over the next uh, week and a half to uh, augment their roster because subtraction may not even be in the offing. We'll do that next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Sandy, how important is it? And it, it, it sounds like a silly question because obviously he's a tremendous player, but how important is it to retain Bruce Brown if you're the Denver Nuggets? I mean, on one end, you're talking about your sixth man, but I mean, let's not run him, let's not go overboard. Uh, on the other hand, you're talking about a guy that I, you know I I believe I believe before the season began I've I've been a Bruce Brown fan for a, a bit that that this could be a six man of the year type of player and I think he most certainly is the opportunity to you know opt in and opt out and, and let's 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 remove some of the drama he's going to opt out uh, of course he's going to opt most out most players do because he's going to he's going to get paid now the Nuggets can't give him a massive raise but they can give him a bit of a raise under the new CBA. So he's going to opt out because if you want to stay with the Nuggets, you might as well take the max raise from the Nuggets and, and stay and make yourself another million and a half dollars. But the, let's say hypothetically that they do lose him, that somebody decides to come out and say, you know what? We saw in your, your, you bounced around, but you found a home in Denver. We think that's what you'll do here. We'll we're going to work five years, five years, 75 yeah, five years, whatever. And they, and they lose him. Uh, how critical is it that they find another uh, Bruce Brown type of player, or do they even bother? Because Bruce Brown, as we talked about before, is really the backup point guard, even though that's not really what he's uh, set to do. Well, he, he's the backup everything, except center. <laughs> except center, you're right. You know, he's backup point guard uh, at six four. He, he certainly is strong enough uh, to be a shooting guard, small forward. 6'9 wingspan, can guard power forwards. In fact, he was more uh, more of a forward with the Nets than he was a guard. Uh, with the Nuggets, he was probably more of a guard than a forward, but he can guard four positions. I would say about Bruce Brown, he's valuable but not indispensable. And in no way is that meant as a knock. He has value to the Nuggets that 29 teams a year ago were unable to spot. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe there were 29 teams who couldn't have used Bruce Brown uh, at the numbers the Nuggets got Bruce Brown for. I think there are probably at least a dozen teams, including some very good ones, who could use Bruce Brown. Whether they can afford him is another question. And I tend to think Decisions like this come down to 
maybe taking twice the money you could make here to go to a team that at best is a fringe playoff or play-in tournament team or stay here for one year anyway and then 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 become an unrestricted free agent and you can cash in and the new CBA is in effect and people understand that it doesn't officially go into effect until July 1st. Right. Right. So at this time next year, people have a feeling for what they can do and what they can't do. Um, I, I, I can think of so many teams, especially in the West, who could really use Bruce Brown. It's easy to find the teams that couldn't use As it. it okay, stands right let's now. go down the list. Sure. Uh, Sacramento is probably in a position where they are solid enough, where, where they're very good, and Bruce Brown would be nice but not essential. Phoenix, if they could get them, they can't. can't. But if they could, essential. Memphis, essential. I'm not talking about teams that can afford them. Okay. I'm just saying essential to those teams or potentially somewhere between and, and viable those, and indispensable. And those would be teams Lakers, that Bruce Brown would yes. look at. Clippers, say, yeah, yes. New win. Orleans, yes. Minnesota, yes. Golden State, of course. Oklahoma City, yes. Dallas, yes. Utah, yes. San Antonio, yes. You can go down the whole conference. Everybody could use him, but some of those teams I don't think you'd have any interest in playing for. Unless they offered you silly money. But Bruce Brown wants to play for a contender. He thought he was playing for one in Brooklyn. He knew he was playing one uh, for one this year once he signed. And the advantage the Nuggets have is that a year ago at this time, they were the only team interested in Bruce Brown. Now there are 20 to 25 teams who could probably use Bruce Brown in the same way the Nuggets did and are more aware of him, but not necessarily 20 to 25 who can afford him. Right. So the, the Nuggets are actually in a pretty nice position. He has value to them, but he's not indispensable, and you could visualize a Christian Brown moving into Bruce Brown's role next year, and it wouldn't seem ridiculous. How many teams could say, with Bruce Brown as an integral part of their success, that they could afford to lose him and they'd still be a contending team. Not right. many. Not very that. many. The and, Nuggets uh, are one of the few. Because really when you're talking about the minutes, by the end of the, you're really not talking about replacing uh, Bruce Brown's minutes. You'd be talking about replacing Jeff Green's minutes because Christian Brown would take Bruce Brown's spot. I think that's obvious. Uh, it, what would happen yeah. with Jeff Green's minutes, we'll see. But the, we'll see. the thing is the teams we'll that are under the cap right now, Sandy, and there aren't very many, uh, here they are. Uh, from the most to the least, the Rockets, complete total rebuild. Yeah. Uh, the Jazz, who are a bit of a, a mess, and they can get under the cap by moving uh, a lot of things. I don't know that they're a mess. Uh, I, I, they got a lot of draft picks coming up. Yeah, That's the, for the sure. Spurs, uh, obviously, uh, if you wanted to decide that you wanted to be, you know, riding with Victor Wimbayano, who will be picked first overall on the yeah. Thursday. Uh, the Thunder, the Pistons, the Pacers, the Magic. That's it. And uh, the, the one team that, you know, he grew up following, growing in Massachusetts, Boston, uh, is in the same cap space that the Nuggets have, and they, of course, right. can't offer him. So right. Uh, right. the other advantage is... Uh, speaking of a team that could use him. Oh, boy, could they? But that's not... That but fortunately, they can't Fortunately, afford. the Nuggets aren't competing with that in that case. So 
Uh, Bruce Brown also, on the cover of Molly Sports Magazine uh, this month in the golf issue, another thing about Bruce Brown is he has found not only an NBA home here, but a home here. Quite likes it here in Denver. Yes. Quite likes the, sure. the lifestyle and everything else. So it may very well be that, that Brown looks at it and realizes, I, I could cash in for big money right now, and you don't discount that. But he could take a raise for one year, and then the advantage of that. Now the Nuggets it gets t- it gets tricky. The Nuggets now, when you're talking about overall cap, they are seventh in the NBA in in spend in salary spend right now. So uh, the fit there would be if he could take the one year he opts out, takes the one year deal with the Nuggets that bumps him about a million and a half dollars roughly. Uh, then because he's been with the Nuggets for two years, they get his early bird rights, and then could exceed the salary cap to sign him. So essentially, the Nuggets could offer a, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, four-year, five-year deal, and the first year of that deal would just look a lot like NFL deals, where we needed to look like this to make the salary cap work. Uh, but that's also a, a a distinct possibility. And and the closer it gets, the more it looks as if Bruce Brown may very well stay. That for the Nuggets would be immensely valuable because now. You're talking about two guys off the bench in Christian Brown and Bruce Brown that can give you big minutes off the bench, and now you really just need a couple of uh, little rotational guys here and there. Point the, the, guard and a backup Point center. guard and a backup center just to just to mix and, and match, you know, just to go ahead and in these particular right. situations. You wouldn't have to play them every night, but they'd be there if needed. And now I think next year one, one of the priorities, just as it was this year, is uh, doing what they successfully managed to do this year and giving Jokic and Murray enough rest so that they were fresh going into the playoffs, even if it meant sacrificing some wins over the last 20 games of the season. And and if you have a little more depth on that bench, that'll help you because you can find a way to survive and even thrive. So it'll be interesting to see how all this shakes out. We'll find out. Soon enough, the draft will be on Thursday. The Nuggets have the 37th and the 40th pick. We'll see what they do with it. Thanks to Aaron Anderson for joining us, talking about it a little bit. Thanks to Danny Bailey in the booth, making everything look and sound good. By the way, if you wanted more details on the Denver Broncos, Sandy joined me on the Broncos Blitz podcast today. You can find that uh, on Mile High Sports as well as we uh, do our uh, last Broncos Blitz for a couple weeks before we get ready for the ramp-up to training camp. We have a little more detail on uh, the Sean Payton, Russell Wilson experience. A little bit more there, so you can check that out. Thanks to everyone who's listening on air, or whether you were on the website, or even better, when you were on the app. The easiest place to get all of it, just grab the My Life Sports app, and all of it is on demand. The podcast, the shows, the video stream, the audio stream, all at your fingertips. We will be back tomorrow at the same time. For Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. Keep it right here on My Life Sports. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov 
careers.